This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Here we are, 28 episodes later, and it is the last one. Of season four of HFC chat, a season in which pools have returned to the National League. But importantly, we join the TalkSport Network, um, which is a massive positive, um, probably one of the only positives that we've had this season. However, swiftly moving on, we will be looking at the retain list a bit on recruitment. And on this day game, which links into recent playoff events, which we'll leave that to your imagination. And of course, a review of the season from November onwards. I promise you, it does make slightly better reading um, than the previous review. And if you have missed that, please do go back to our latest episode, the one prior to this, where we discuss all pulls matters up to October now, Davo, my very good friend, how are we doing? I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. It's been nice to switch off over the last few weeks following the conclusion of the season. So, yeah. Yeah, just enjoying the summer, I sort of speak. Yourself? Yeah, all good. Uni is done, all being well. So, ready for a new chapter with that one. But back to the focus of the podcast. And I believe the best place to start is the retain list. I'll quickly read this out and then we can discuss it, the implications of the retain list, and, of course, discuss a couple of departures in Jamie Sterry and Ben Killip in a bit more detail. Now, we did put out a massive um, chain um, of of polls. um, Well, it was one poll with a massive thread, sorry, I should say, um, where we, you know, talked about, um, each individual player and what we um and what were you thinking what you were thinking um so thank you to everyone who voted on that but let's have a look before we read this uh, retain list out we tweet this morning that the retain list came out last friday and i haven't had time to let things process and time for people to mull it over you want to know your thoughts vote in the poll below um but most importantly comment why you've voted that so we had 123 people vote, which is absolutely brilliant. 
and we had one person actually comment as their thoughts, um, which isn't as good. But Daniel um, has put he would have kept Kanan, but apart from that, it's not too bad. Um, so 15% of you were happy with it. 70% were what we expected. And 15%, of course, um, that was left being disappointed. I'll quickly read the retain list out now in the article that was released on the club website before I asked Davo what you think of that. So Pools put out last Friday, as I said, um, and it reads, our retain list has been confirmed following the conclusion of the 22-23 campaign. 15 players remain under contract or have had clauses in their contracts exercised for the 23-24 season. Discussions are ongoing with four players, which of course one of them less now with Ben Killip leaving. And six loan players will be returning to their parent clubs. Six players will be leaving the club after their contracts expire at the end of the season. And one of those leaving is Jamie Sterry. Having offered Jamie a new deal, the fullback has expressed a desire to explore other options. We'd like to place on record our gratitude to the departing players. They leave with our best wishes for the future. So those still under contract, Callum Cook, Cross, Joshua Moret, Dan Dodds, Fergie, Finney, Jake Hasty, Alex Lacey, Ewan Murray, Enjoli, Brody Patterson, Joe Gray, contract clause exercised, Mo Silla, Edon Prouty, Matty Dolan, ongoing discussions, Connor Jennings, Nicky Featherston, of course we've since learned that Ben Killip has turned down the offer, and Patrick Boys, and then released Leon Clark, Jamie Sterry, Peter Hartley, Marvin Niang, Wes McDonald, and... Brendan Keenan. Now, I know you're going to touch on known players a little bit later on, Davos, so I will not go into that now. But let's start with the first question to you is, are you happy with the retain list? What are your thoughts, more importantly? Uh, I'm not shocked, put it that way. I mean, you've read the names out of people who were released. Leon Clark had to go. Sterry, obviously... I speak on probably on behalf of most Pulse fans. I would love to have seen him stay, but in all due respect, I don't expect someone like Jamie Sterry to stay. And at the moment, I think we are well equipped with Dan Dodds to come in at that position, although we do need another one um, to cover Dan. I think we are equipped in that position um, of right back. And then obviously Hartley, Niang, McDonald and Kieranen. Again, no shock there. Hartley not good enough. Niang not good enough. McDonald, I don't know if he was one of the individuals who refused to play or not during that little spell of the manager coming out and criticising a few of few of the players who obviously remained unnamed. And then Kieran hasn't really had much of an opportunity since signing in January. Um, obviously, he feels that you know he's got nothing much to offer for us going forward into a new National League campaign. And we do know as well, that all others players still under contract. There are still some of them players who sadly do need to be moved on and who could potentially leave. I don't expect Yumera to be here next year. Um, Hasty, question marks over him. Mika and Jolie, Brody Patterson, need I say more. Alex Lacey, again, question mark. Obviously, we, we don't know he's been injured since November with a dislocated shoulder. So even still with those under contract and even with those released and those exercise more silly. There's still a lot of question marks, but generally I'm not shocked by what was announced last week, Jack. I don't know about yourself. No, I pretty much agree with that. To be fair, that assessment is 
pretty bang on. I mean, there's players in those um, that are still under contract that that Muppet um, Hartley decided that he was going to offer longer deals to, um, which I, I believe will probably not be at the club. I, I think there will be a lot more movement than just that that's come out. Um, as you say, I don't need to repeat those players that you've named, but you'd expect some of them to at least move on and be looking for other clubs. And I'm sure there's players on that list that are also being offered to other clubs as well. Um, just on Jamie Sterry then, let's let's discuss that. So 102 pulls appearances, 98 of those starts, four goals and one promotion as it reads on, on this day's Twitter account. Just talk to me about Jamie Sterry, Davo. I mean, what does he mean to you as a, or well, I don't want to sound too harsh, but did he mean to you as a post player? Obviously, we'll be moving forward without him, but just talk to me about Jamie Sterry before we uh, touch further on Ben Killip. Yeah, Jamie's been a, a cracking servant to the football club. He was really important. He was a pivotal part of the success that we had during our promotion campaign. Ferguson, we both knew how important they were to the been a bit of a rough journey for Jamie since our but also this year he's had a season plagued with injury and obviously he's been dealing with with some off field mental health issues that he spoke about during his spell off field um, in and out the team he had the red card at Carew and as well as him I think you know I've just touched on David Ferguson there as well I think both of them will will probably turn around and say to anyone, you know, they weren't good enough this year. You know, we we know what them individuals are capable of, and Jamie Sterry in particular, obviously, he's the one in question. You know, Jamie is a top quality footballer on his day. He's capable of just about anything, and you know, it, it is sad that he hasn't stayed on. But I understand, and yeah, I'm sure he goes on with everyone's best wishes, and. Who knows, you know, he might be able to get himself another football league club. Obviously, he has got a family in the North East, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jamie, um, whether he stays local or whether he pushes himself further afield. I don't know, but yeah, I think now's the right time to go our own ways. We've got a good, excellent young right-back with a lot of potential in Dan Dodd, so we could build a team around. Um, but yeah, someone who leaves in... Obviously, leaves in a bad moment for Pearls, but he goes on with everyone's best wishes and like I say, he's a well and highly regarded player at Pearls. Do you think his head was in it coming towards, you know, the end of, of the season or at different points in the season? I know there's been discussions about his mental health and stuff, but I've seen a lot of things and I have myself, you know, I'll, I'll own up to it and admit it. It's not really owning up, is it? I'll admit it that there's been times when I've questioned whether his head's really in it, whether he wants to stay at pools any longer. I agree and echo all your sentiments about being the right time to leave and what a great servant he's been and what a fantastic footballer he is. But for me, I just don't think his head was in it. What What's your views on that? I have seen tweets about this, especially when that was announced, the return list and people were saying this, that, the other. I won't repeat what people were saying, but it's really hard. It really is hard. You know, we don't know the full ins and outs and I know how it may look. I would love to say no, but I genuinely do not know. I hope not. I hope 
I hope Jamie's purely left on the basis that he thinks it's the right time to pursue other challenges. You know, us going down. I, I didn't expect Jamie to, to come down with us in the National League because I think he's better than the National League. I really do. I said during our campaign, when we were down there, I think Jamie was far too good for us then. I think he's far too good for us now. But I just hope and pray that this season has purely been more down to what we've said there. You know, the injuries, the mental health issues that he's been suffering with. I don't know. I think given the situation, though, at the football club this year, we've had three managers. We've had off-field issues with, with the chairman in the last few weeks, announcing the club's up for sale. Could we possibly maybe allow for things to happen? I think in that situation this year, I think it's it's been more than enough for anyone to for head for anyone's heads to turn. Sorry, has it not? Yeah, I can I can get on board with that. I mean, look for me, and, and we've had these discussions recently about whether a player, whether pose an attractive proposition to any player coming to sign in the summer. Well, that's a conversation for another day, but I understand what you're saying. And of course, another player to move on um, is Ben Killip. He's been there four seasons, 150 appearances. How do you feel with Ben moving on? This is a conversation that will always, always cause a divide because you either like him or you don't. He's just one of those players. I think this year in particular, and the fact that he's now left, I think, again, comes at the right time. I think it's just been one of those seasons for Ben where you just kind of knew. And I think, so to speak, the writing's been on the wall. I think it's just been a postseason for everyone. And I think Ben clearly lost his head midway through the season. Obviously, I know he's been getting a lot of stick from the terraces. But I think once you start turning around and you start engaging in that and you start telling fans perhaps where to go and you're expressing inventing your frustration, I think for me that's where the warning signs start to, to, to appear and the cracks begin to appear as well. And obviously Stolicek came in in January and, and Stolicek's played probably most games following his arrival at the club and Killer, I must say, had an absolute world-class performance against Stockport just a week or two ago. An absolutely unbelievable performance and I Day. I don't think he's a bad keeper at all. I think, and I've said that to you, the lads, I've said that to a lot of people. I do think inside at all, there's a good keeper there. But in terms of the season, I think, again, it's the right time and it's the right time for, for both parties to, to part ways and for Pools to, to replace Ben. And again, he goes on with all our best wishes. He was a part of the promotion campaign and, and stuff like that. But I think for me, time was up. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and for any listeners who have so far throughout this episode, on the odd occasion, Devil's Wi-Fi seems to have gone um, and slight little interruptions. Don't worry, I've told him, um, you know, to put 50 pence back in the meter. Um, but swiftly moving on to the lone players that are returning to the parent clubs. Davo, I know that you um, are going to read out these players that have um, that are moving back to their parent clubs and perhaps we can touch on a couple of your choice that have really stood out for you and we'll just talk a little bit more about them I mean we obviously know one of these lone players that will be um, in very very much a topic of discussion Absolutely I will just read the article quickly now that the 22-23 season has concluded we're looking back at the loanies that will depart 
over the summer. Firstly, goalkeeper Jakub Stolicek will return to Leicester City after joining Pearls in January. The poll was our number one for much of the second half of the campaign. In all, Jakub made 17 appearances for Pearls, starting with the 1-0 win over Doncaster in February. Another January signing in Taylor Foran, who will head back to London to rejoin Arsenal's development squad after spending the spring with Pearls. The 19-year-old made 11 appearances for Pearls, including eight starts, competing with Ewan Murray, Edon Prouty and Dan Dodds for a place in the back three. And probably the best of the lot is the man himself, the magic man, Dan Kemp. A short-term revelation since joining from MK Dons in January. We'll also head back to his parent club in the summer. A hat-trick against Grimsby was his greatest highlight. Those strikes against Walsall, Wimbledon and Bradford will also live long in the memory. And something I actually forgot about this season is defender Roland Menaise will formally rejoin Walsall, though he headed back early after a season-ending injury. A mainstay in the defence, Roland made 21 starter pulls, scoring twice. His goals provided two wins for pulls against Crawley in December and against Rochdale on Boxing Day. Jack Hamilton also joined on loan last summer, brought to the club from Livingston. He struggled with Niggles, but has featured prominently alongside Josh Mera and Connor Jennings. In all, Jack made 37 appearances for Pearls from the start and off the bench, scoring four times. And Tate Trusty returns to Blackpool, having made four appearances for the club. The young midfielder was signed in January. And finally, Matty Dolan returned to his hometown club in January and his loan deal now converts to a permanent move. Dolan's experience will be crucial next season. Yes, yeah, so let's start. Let's work it back. Matty Dolan, we won't touch on every single one of those loan players because really mean this in the most respectful way possible, but Tate Trusty isn't worth having a conversation about. But Matty Dolan, let's start with him. I think he's going to be a very key player as was read out by yourself then, I think he's going to play a crucial part in um, what is hopefully a challenge to return back to the Football League next season. I think he's someone who will bring experience. I think he obviously, well, I don't think, I know he's from the town and he knows what it means to play for the football club. I think he's got more than enough talent to be a a mainstay in the team. And 59% of you have said um, out of the 440 that voted to take up that permanent offer. Um, so I think that that speaks, you know, in itself about that. For me, will be a key player next season. Davo, I don't know whether you're in agreement with that or not, but I'll let you talk more about Dan Kemp because we all know that that's going to be um, a massive point of conversation. So let's go with Dan Kemp before we talk about the others in terms of Jakob and Jack Hamilton, um, because I think those are two players that we would probably um, like to discuss as well. So Dan Kemp, just tell me about Dan Kemp. Tell the listeners how much you really did fall in love with that lone player. Oh, it was beyond words, beyond measure. He was, like I've said numerous times on this podcast, he is the magic man himself. He's just been an outstanding Signing, he's been probably the brightest light in what has been a pretty dark season and a pretty dark second half of the season for Pools. He's given us all hope. He gave us all 
like I say, he gave us the he, he gave us an opportunity to dream of of potentially posting in the football league for at least another year. He, the contributions were unbelievable. The free kicks, the goal against Bradford where he took on about two or three men and then finished his shot, the hat trick at Grimsby. He just was capable of anything in a split second and sadly he goes back and well I think we all know that he won't return and I don't think anyone expected him or expects him to return, sorry. You know, he's just far too good for us and again we wish him all the very best for the future. He is destined for big things, as our tweet said. I think the future is very bright for Dan and wherever he goes whether that's in League Two or whether they whether that's in League One, sorry. I think he's like I say, someone's gonna be very lucky to have Dan and all I can say is enjoy. Well yeah, and rumour has it he even asked you for a picture um after one game as well, didn't he? He did in the car park after one game, yes. And you know me, Jack, I've always got time for photos of my fans. Um I'll never I'll never say no. <laughs> oh. But uh yeah. He was just a, a second and on sign. He was. He he was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, he's put a video out, didn't he, yesterday about, well, memories, different memories of his time at the club. There was moments that gave us so much elation and the limbs that he created, Grimsby, Bradford, Wimbledon last minute. I mean, yeah, lone players don't come much better than him. Um, you know, in terms of what he gave for the club and what he gave for the shirt, and I think we we all knew, we all knew full well that come the end of the season, um, you know, he he would be going back, and and that's probably the last we'll ever see of him in the blue and white. But what memories he gave us, and you know, it's, it's just been a privilege to watch him pull on our shirt and and give it everything. And as uh, Declan Rice said on uh, Instagram. Yesterday evening, Hartlepool United legend and uh, Deck is if you're listening and you want to come and join Pools, you're more than welcome any day of the week. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about Jack Hamilton. Where do you stand on this? There is the option, of course, that we could, and it seems unlikely now, but that we could take up the permanent deal. Would you like to see that happen or where do you stand with it? I'll be honest, this is a debate I've had with several people. People who actually listen to this podcast, so I'll probably get messages after this comes out. But I'm of the mind that I would be very tempted to say, let's go back and maybe try and negotiate a deal. Now, I know what people say to me, but did. But maybe in the National League, he could find one truly under the table and maybe become the striker that we hope want to be when he signed from Livingston this season but down the regions, you know now we're preparing for the National League every decision has to be right again it's a tough one because what people say is goal scoring is right it's just I don't know I think I've watched he's someone who will run around he'll give you 100% he'll fight for the share you know, we fight for everything, a little thing, a little bit like Conor Jennings, but I think the big question is, can he come here potentially next season in the National League and can he score the goals that we would need him to score? 
that's the big question. So I'm saying yes, but trust me and believe me, I'm saying that very reluctantly. I'm just not sure. There's pros and cons. No, there certainly is. There certainly is. I'm probably saying I'm 50-50, dependent on who we can get in as well. I think that's a big thing for me. And with the uncertainty around the football club, with it being up for sale and all those things you've got to take into consideration, it could be worth. Because as you say, he's got a fantastic work ethic. He wins his headers. It's just, and I know he's a striker and I know this is the biggest part, you've got to score goals. But I honestly think he does bring stuff to the team. Like if you could put the work rate of Jack Hamilton into Josh Umaret, you'd have an unbelievable forward. Unbelievable. And he certainly wouldn't be at Hartlepool United. Jakob. I said I wasn't going to touch on all loan players, which I'm not, but let's finish up this little loan roundup with Jakob. Would you like to see him return? Do you think it's feasible? Do you think it'll happen? Personally, I don't think it'll happen. I'd like to see it happen. I'm a big fan of him. I know you're slightly, and and I can tell by your facial expressions there as well, you're slightly unsure about him. But for me, I think he was much better than Ben Killip. Ben had an unbelievable game against Stockport, granted, but... Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Overall, I felt much more confident having him between the sticks than um, Ben Killip. But Davo, where you know, where do you stand on that? The pull of the face wasn't so much regarding his qualities, what you first said about the I suppose the is it feasible? I don't think it is. I don't think Stolicek will return. I think he'll be a good National League keeper. I really do. I think he's certainly got talent. He's made some cracking saves in his short stint here. Um I think with a good defence next year, I think he'll thrive. I think a little bit like Clip, I, I, people might disagree with this, but I think both keepers this year have been massively let down with what has been a, a car crash of a defence this season. So I think if we can somehow recruit well, get a good, strong back line for next season, I think Stolicek would thrive. I really do. And I think he would have a good, strong National League campaign. But my doubts are whether or not it would happen. And to be Quite frank, I don't see it happening. I really don't. I, I think Stolicek could either stay at Leicester or, or he'll go back out on loan to another football league club, potentially in League Two, maybe in League One. I don't know. But for me, I'd be very surprised to see him come back to, to HFC over the summer. 
So just to wrap up this conversation about retain list, contract negotiations, all that type of stuff, Connor Jennings tweeted the other day, the aim when I joined on deadline day was to help this great club stay in the football league. I can only apologise for that not happening. I've loved every minute of my time here. The fans have been incredible home and away. Thank you for welcoming me. Davo, are you reading into that like I am, that that's more of a goodbye than I'll see you next season? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, I love Connor Jennings. I, I do. I think he's been... I know he probably hasn't scored as many goals as he wanted to when he first joined, but I think he's been a cracking signing. I think it was definitely worth taking the risk on him. His work rate, second to none. He was just... Like you say, he was just an, like I say, an absolute excellent, excellent player and reading between the lines, I don't think he's going to come here. I hope I'm wrong. Are you surprised by that? Are you surprised that he's, you know, wouldn't be looking to stay at the club? Um, I am to a little bit, you know, given how well loved he is here, you know, we've took the risk on him. I think it's a great opportunity for him to get I mean, I'd be intrigued to see if he doesn't join, I'd be intrigued to see where he goes on to. Um, Obviously, he's not going to get regular first team football at Stockport. They could potentially go up, and uh, no offense to Connor, that they've got better options than than Connor available to them with, with the ability and the power behind them to to recruit even better strikers. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he might have stayed on. I know it would mean dropping to the national league, but I, I get the impression I got, I've certainly got the impression by talking to him that he wouldn't be phased by that, and I you know. You can clearly see he's been here not for the idea of progression, but he wanted he came here to help us stay in the football league to to get regular first team football. And yeah, I am a little bit shocked. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I'm I'm of the same view. I think he would be a brilliant player for us in the national league. I think he'd get more of the goals that he was wanting. I think it could really be a beneficial thing for him. But as we always say, wish him all the best and. If that's not Hartlepool United, then that's not Hartlepool United, so be it. Just to break up all of this conversation about this season, the end of this season, we will go on to talk now about the On This Day game. And I did say at the start of the episode um, about how there is, of course, a link to this year's playoffs. Now, the link that I have made is to an encounter which took place on Teesside and resulted in Coventry City booking their place in the playoff final, which will be against Luton in a couple of weeks, well, less than a couple of weeks' time, a week on Saturday, to be precise. So, without further ado, the game comes from the 17th of December 2013, and it was actually played at Northampton Town. The referee was Keith Hill. It was an FA Cup second round replay at the Sixfields, which had 1,214 in attendance. As I've said, the end result was, of course, 2-1 to Coventry City, but Pools put up a big fight. Now, Davo, try not to laugh when I tell you the goal scorer for Coventry City. In the 36th minute, putting Coventry in the lead was Leon Clark. Then Jack Baldwin equalised in the 88th minute before Leon Clark 
broke Poole's fans' hearts in the 90th minute to seal a 2-1 win. If we just take you through the starting lineups, Coventry City had Blair Adams in the team, of course, ex-Poles. They also had Cyrus Christie, which I'm sure a few people who listen to this will be aware of. John Fleck, who, of course, was at Sheffield United. Leon Clark, as aforementioned, and Callum Wilson. Poles had Scott Flinders in net, Neil Austin, Christian Burgess, Jack Baldwin, Jack Compton, Matty Dolan, Michael Duckworth, Andy Monkhouse, Brad Walker, Simon Walton and Jonathan Franks. The substitutions came with Luke James coming on for Jack Compton, James Poole on for Simon Walton and Sam Collins came on for Jonathan Franks. This was Coventry City's lowest home attendance since a crowd of 1,086 witnessed a full Members' Cup tie against Millwall at Highfield Road on the 15th of October, 1985. So, as you will have gathered from that game, not only were there some recognisable names in there, but it was quite an interesting occasion with it being played, of course, at Sixfields, the attendance and the relevance of that. But look, one team is back in the National League. It seems to be a theme when we're doing this on this day stuff. And the other is 90 minutes away from a Premier League appearance. I mean, it's stark contrast, isn't it, Davo? But hopefully one day in the future, we may see our football club challenging in a higher position and towards... Um, a greater goal than it is currently of National League promotion. So that wraps up the on this day, except it's not on this day because, of course, the season has finished. Um, So we just wanted to keep it going, but relating it to the current playoff campaign. And we'll now wrap up the episode by taking a look from November to the end of the season which, as said earlier in this episode, it's a lot better reading than it was in the first half. However, of course, it did not give us the overall result that we wanted to achieve. So without further ado, let's take a look back at the review of the second half of the 2022-23 campaign. So since the end of October, the start of November, as I've alluded to many a time, the actual stats look much better. Pulls won nine of their encounters. They drew 11, losing 13 with... I mean, the goals conceded is still obviously a massive issue, which was 53. However, we managed to score 43, which is a goal difference of minus 10, which is actually 13 goals better off than the previous comparison we were discussing. So that suggests to me the conversation we're having about Killip and Jakob. It's obviously, and the improvement in form of you and Murray and things like that, it's obviously had an impact, a positive impact. I mean, the biggest win was, of course, that 4-1 triumph on Good Friday, which was a very good Friday at Grimsby Town with a Dan Kempatrick. And our biggest loss, and I think you will know which one this is, Davo, was, of course, 
when Raj tried to act extremely clever by announcing that Keith Curl was the best man manager, I think it was, wasn't it, that he's ever worked with? Um, and that's why he's given him a long-term contract. On the same day that Dave Chandler, of course, returned to town and pummeled Pools 5-0. Just talk to me about the performances as a whole from November onwards. Obviously, we you know we beat Harrogate in the FA Cup, I think, 3-1. I've mentioned we've had um, wins against Grimsby. We did the double over Rochdale. I think we did the double over Doncaster. You know, there was there was lots of positives, but I think, and I'd like to hear you speak about that section of time when we just couldn't get a win. We're drawing two all, we're drawing one all. We just couldn't seem to, up until Swindon, couldn't seem to buy that win that would get us closer to where we needed to be. And then, of course, we've seen the results against Newport, against Swindon, uh, Swindon sorry, Salford, Um that's just then, of course, Crawley, which ultimately cost us our league position. I mean, everything that led up to it, of course, cost us our league position. But you'll understand what I'm saying there in terms of we just couldn't. We went on that run. We couldn't find a win. And then we couldn't win when we really needed to against Crawley, nor turn up against Newport or Salford. So, yeah, Davo, just talk to me about the... I guess improvement that we saw as a team in the performances and the output over the time, but also how crucial it was that we'd held on to those leads at games such as against Bradford, for example. I mean, reluctantly, when you look back, that has been the biggest issue of the season, at least from the end of October onwards, it's just been far too many draws and not enough wins. And there's been games where we've lost and we should have at least drawn. There's games we've drawn and we should have at least won. Ultimately, our chances were bolstered uh, through Keith Curl's recruitment. Um, and then obviously John Askey coming in, it gave us that, that chance. It gave us all hope that, just maybe we'll have enough in our arsenal to get through the end of the season and then do what we've got to do this summer and, and recruit and, and go into next season stronger and hopefully making better, much better decisions. But yeah, you know, you look at Stephen and away, look at look at the manner in which we lost it. It was that guy sat in the net who was crept around Killer, took the ball and scored. Mm. That was a great performance from Pools to go to well, to then the league leaders and to put in that kind of performance and to lose in that manner, it was heartbreaking. And we all know that we should have came away with with at least a point that day. Barrow away, dreadful. We were beaten and rightly so. Um, Stockport, like you alluded to, we were beaten, well beaten and, and schooled. We got good wins, back-to-back wins. And I actually thought, you know, we beat Crawley, you know, we beat Rochdale. I thought, right, here we go. We go into the new year, we recruit. We get good players, we kick on and we do what we've got to do in the second half of the season and, and you know, consolidate our league our league status. But then obviously we lose at home to Mansfield narrowly. You know, could have easily got a point that night, but it wasn't meant to be. And a quick goal from Resort after half-time and then Ollie Hawkins. Is it Ollie Hawkins? I don't know if it is Ollie Hawkins. I don't even know why yeah. I said that. It is. No, I think it is. It sounds familiar, that. But anyway, we'll go with whatever you're saying. Moving on, you know, scoring after the hour mark and we got beat. And then obviously, 
drawing at home to Harrogate on New Year's Day. Again, we had to win a game, which was fantastic, probably from the neutral point of view, but had to be grateful for the point. How we much did it hurt, though? Sorry to interrupt. How much does it hurt the amount of games that we've gone and we've given each team a 2 and lead, 2 and lead? We've come back, we've drawn, but how, how damaging is that and how upsetting is it even if we'd managed to even two of those games not giving that lead away and we managed to win how big would have that been as a confidence because I think we wouldn't have seen that period of draws if we'd managed to get the lead in games and actually win it was all that time that it took to get up to that win against Swindon that really hindered us I think yeah and this is an, this is another point that's been well made. It is the fact that we've had to give teams a head start, whether that's a one goal, two goal, head start to start playing. And given the position we've been in for more all of the season, I don't believe we've needed any extra motivation. We haven't needed to go two 0 down to start play. We should do. We should have been doing that from the get go, from minute one. In a lot of, in all games, um, it is frustrating. It's massively frustrating. You know what I mean? Especially when. Again, it could come across wrong, but I don't mind as much when it's against promotion contenders, playoff contenders, potentially the champions elect at the time, you know what I mean? But when it's teams who are down there and you know that you've got opportunities to win, so when you look at Gillingham, you know, did nothing, offered nothing, very little, it hurts. And then you lose at home to Colchester, who, who weren't a great side. You know, you lose a weight crew again that I was genuinely looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. Valentine's night, your birthday. Exactly. Subsequently, it was a huge opportunity to win, and the red card within the first fifteen minutes altered the course of the game, and we lost. Wimbledon again, two 0 down. We didn't show up, did we? I mean, this is the issue. Too many games we haven't shown up. Newport away didn't show up. It goes, back to where it goes back to what I've said. Essentially, you know, games in which we've needed no motivation because the motivation should already be there. Yeah. So, that, you know what I mean? So, to go 2 0 down, then we come back emphatically, a point that we've had to take, bearing in mind, you know, it was a good point. And then we lose at home to Newport, right at the death. You know, again, we had to win a game which we all thought, right, it's a point on the board, nevertheless. And then we lose right at the death. Walsall at home, a game which was with lots of twists and turns in it. We think one minute, yep, the game's over. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we fight back. And it's another 91st and 92nd minute goals to wrestle back a point. Tramier away, we should have won. We mm-hmm. had opportunities to win. I think um, the moment of the story, without going any further, is that we just haven't done enough. And essentially, we've, yeah, we've shot ourselves in the foot. I think that's a, that's the. If I was to sum up the season, we've shot ourselves in the foot. That starts when the recruitment, the pre-season that we had, it continues all the way through. Not getting rid of Hartley any earlier. Not, you know, looking for the better option. I just think we've we've totally shot ourselves in the foot. We've we've not turned up for games when we should have turned up for games. It just goes on and on, but. Davo, of course, as I said at the start of this episode, this is the last of season four of HSC Chat, the last episode. We've done 28 episodes. Now, that is good going considering final year of uni 
and the fact that we decided to stop producing episodes, which we never expected the reaction that we had and were extremely touched by the reaction that we had of people when we decided to stop. And eventually we got it going again, which, as Rob Law said to us earlier on today, actually, we're really glad you found time to do that. And and I personally am. I know it's been we've hit some big milestones. We've pushed through the 1K barrier. We are on our way to 1.2K followers, 20 off that on Twitter. And we've got into the TalkSport fan network, which was a massive step for us as well. So quickly, before we finish and wrap up for the final time this season, Davo, what's been your highlight? What have you taken away from season four of HFC chat? And most importantly, you're excited for what's to come. I'm very excited. It's been another good year of of growth. Um, it's like you say, you you think you reach that point, and then you just keep on. You know, you get bigger and bigger, and then you're finding room for more growth. Like you've just touched on there, joining the the Talk Sport Fans Network, a huge opportunity for us to reach out further to a bigger audience. Hopefully, drawing more people from afar, people who may not have access to social media. Um, it's been another cracking year. I've loved every minute of this. I love what I do. I don't take it for granted. And like you say, the, the comments, the reactions, the, the support all season's been phenomenal. And even seeing people like you've just said there when we stopped producing content and it's like, oh, when you're coming back, oh, you know, I really enjoyed that. It's like, we want more. It's just like, what times are the best moments? Oh. joining the, the talk sport uh, fans network or do you mean more as a, of an episode do you mean no like i just mean in general like what's been what's that most to you and i think you know for both of us it, it's probably that and and the continued support by people i mean it doesn't go unnoticed we don't think that we're big we don't think we're any better because we have a podcast and stuff but to have people recognize acknowledge what we do and enjoy it most importantly we as i've touched on many a time before i started it to give a platform to pools fans and we value your input as much as we take time to produce these episodes so look season five of hfc chat no one knows what the future holds in terms of you know our personal commitments we promise to you as listeners that we will do our best to continue producing output and content and and trying to get the best people on and and produce content that you all love um, and we'll do that to the best of our ability for as long as that remains possible and I think we both make that promise to you um, you know uh, I know that Davo feels exactly the same and and uh, we hope that it'll continue to be able to um, grow from strength to strength I know personally with my personal commitments from September, I won't be getting to as many games as I once did these last few years. Although uni's been stressful, I've managed to, you know, keep that weekend as much as possible to be able to go to pools and follow them all over the country, especially in my placement year. Um, but yeah, look, from September, that probably changes for me. So I'll be relying more on Davos um, match reports and all this type of stuff um, to fill content in the episodes but that doesn't mean that I won't change supporting the lads and I think that's my message to you as listeners keep backing the lads you know it's going to be tough nobody knows the future um, of the club nobody knows there's a lot of uncertainty and I think 
it's sad that we're in the position that we're in and and none neither of us at the start of producing content for season four thought that we would be going back to the National League. But unfortunately, that's where we are. But look, we can't not finish an episode of HFC chat without wishing you guys all the best for the summer. I hope, you know, we will be able to bring you some bonus episodes, but we hope you have a fantastic break from pools. As Davos alluded to, it's probably much needed. Um, I don't know whether you have any final words, Davo, to the listeners. Uh, I think you've summed it up pretty well. Um, like you've just touched on there, it is hard at the moment. A lot of un- of unknowns. There's more questions than answers, but I think the important message is, is, is just stick with it. You know, we were all here once before a certain someone and we'll all be here long after someone. It's, it's our little club, of course, and... You know, I do look forward to seeing as many people on the terraces next year. I know it's going to be tough going back to the National League. It's not what we wanted two years ago. You know, there was room for there was room for a knock-on effect to, to kick on and, and to maybe, I, I don't know, use your imagination, I suppose. And I think, you know, where I'm getting at, you know, there was room for potentially a push on towards the playoffs under Challoner. And for one reason or other, things haven't been what they should have been but you know it is where it is now and we are in the National League but keep backing the boys you know keep behind the the club and, and who knows it could be a good year next year if if John Askey is able to to bring in a good selection of players and we've, we've not counting out the league now in Wrexham it's an interesting open National League next year and like I say hopefully the good times will come back soon but like I say keep with us keep backing the boys and Let's see what happens. Well, exactly. And we can't, you know, we can't not finish an episode without our, what would probably be catchphrase now. So without further ado, keep the faith, back the boys and Davo, I'll let you finish it. I'll never say die. We will see you in the summer. And in season five. Yes, do not miss season five. It'll be all over social media if you have that. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll keep you in the loop with plans. We hope to have some really good content coming your way. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.